Welcome to It's Personal Finance Canada. I'm Christine Conway. And I'm Cameron Conway. And this podcast is a very personal look at personal finance in Canada. Hi, everyone, and welcome to It's Personal Finance Canada. I'm Christine Conway here with Cameron Conway. And this week we were kind of thinking about the podcast and its title. We had set out when we started to do this to create something for you that was both personal and informative. And when I've looked back over the last few weeks, the last uh, 14 episodes that we've had so far, I noticed that it's kind of been more like a boardroom experience where we've been infusing all of this knowledge into you, but we haven't really told you very much about us. So this episode today, episode number 15, is going to be more of a coffee room chat and less of a formal presentation. And I think it would be very beneficial for you to get an idea of who it is that you're listening to and how our life experience has shaped our views. Well, exactly. Our life experiences really determines how we look at personal finance, because we gauge a lot of this by how we lived our lives, the things that worked in our own lives, the things that worked in Christine's practice and the things we've experienced over the years to really help us figure out how to make all this work, not just for us, but for other people as well. So we wanted to show you the real people behind the professionals. And just to kind of let you know that we started out just like anyone else, and we've made mistakes as we've gone along. We'll share some of those with you too. And we've got some good advice, which just comes not necessarily from our education in finance, but more from just our life experience and going through the motions ourselves with some of the decisions that we've made. Hindsight is a very powerful tool. You can kind of see what worked, what didn't, and some things you'd change, some things you wouldn't, but um, it really gives you a unique perspective on what has happened. Well, maybe we should just start at the beginning. So we've known each other since high school, which is amount of years ago. As a spoiler, we're in our late 30s now, so it's it's been the majority of our lifetime. Yeah, exactly. So we've been working together at this stuff for quite a long time now. We've been married for about 16 years now. and 17 th- years this summer. Exactly right, 16 still. The threshold for 17 isn't for a couple months yet. I'm still in the safe zone. But like I was trying to say, we've been trying to implement this stuff really right from the beginning. Because when we got married, Christine had just got into the financial services insurance industry, working for an MGA. So she was really new and fresh to a lot of this stuff. Not long after we got married, Christine went into her CFP program after she got her uh, business degree. Actually, Christine, why don't you take over and talk about what you learned during this time when you got your business degree, CFP, and your experience at that MGA? For sure. So my first job happened to be at a managing general agency. And for people that don't know what that is, a managing general agency is the go-between for investment and insurance companies and the independent agents that they represent. So essentially what I did for the first four years of my career was process all of the insurance and investment applications. I got to do some trading for the funds that were being purchased and sold. Uh, But what I really got out of the experience was every day I was meeting independent advisors 
And I was really seeing kind of the whole spectrum, the good, the bad, the ugly, those that were incredibly successful, that were incredibly skilled and dedicated to their clients. And then, of course, there were those that weren't. So within the first six months of my job, I saw that the good ones really could have an impact on the people that they served. And I saw them literally change people's lives and change people's retirement from something that maybe didn't look so good to something that was now on track and going in the right direction where these people would have security. And it was really in those first six months of work there that I said, you know what, I can do this. And I can be one of those good guys that really learns how to serve people and that can take that knowledge and impact my generation. And really, that's that's a good segue to why we've done this podcast, too. We're trying to get information into the hands of as many people as we can, just so that you have the knowledge to help yourself be more successful down the road. Well, having that kind of experience, it kind of makes sense why you went the full CFP route. Like I said before, you kind of had your business background with your bachelor's degree, and then, like you said, this job just kind of opened up out of nowhere. It was like a friend of a friend situation. And now you want to go the next step further. So then you go off to Red River College. You start pushing through your CFP program where you're working at that during the evenings. You've got your day job. I've got my day job just doing grunt work. I've got my pro wrestling I was doing on the side back then. So we were kind of hustling pretty hard right from the beginning to try and set something up for ourselves to be better later on in life, right? That's right. And I think that it's really a combination of that work ethic that we both had early on. And honestly, a little bit of luck. Like you said, my first job that really shaped the whole future of our careers and where we both are today really was just a stroke of good fortune and good timing. But one of my favorite quotes is that a lot of people miss opportunities because it's uh, dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. And I think that if you don't shy away from the hard work park, there's usually some opportunities. And I found that a little bit later in my career as well. So if we fast forward a little bit, we had made the decision as a couple that there were more opportunities for us out in BC coming from Winnipeg. So we made that move in the summer of 2008. Yeah, exactly. I actually just started working for the post office and the prospect of working another winter, especially outside after the last few winters I worked outside, I didn't really want to do that. So BC seemed like a good place to go to try and make a better future at that time for no snow, no 40, 50 below, zero wind chills but a place where we thought we can actually take the real next step with our careers. And we did. I was able to transfer to, well, it wasn't a transfer. I was able to get a job with another managing general agency. And that actually set the stage for the people that I would work with who became my business partners years down the road were actually one of my accounts at that new managing general agency. So once again, maybe a little bit of luck, maybe a little bit of timing, but I do know for sure if I hadn't completed my certified financial planner designation, when they were ready and looking for a successor, I would not have been on their mind at all because I would just be a receptionist and someone handling new business and handling trades. I wouldn't necessarily be someone that they took seriously who was trying to better herself and position herself for a role in finance. 
hard work, it really can pay off. And then when you work hard, the right people tend to notice. Even when things go good, things go bad, that hard work can play off. Like with Christine, you had what, a 24-hour period where you found out you passed your CFP, you got laid off, and you got hired in your dream job within 24 hours, pretty much, right? I did. And you know what? It's a funny thing. I had a kind of a running joke with what would be my boss where um, he said to me once when I was working reception, when I had just started that new job at that new MGA, even though I was skilled, they started me, of course, right back down at the bottom. Um, so I would I would joke with him and he said, oh, you know, I see you're going for, and he named the then president of that company's uh, name. He said, oh, I bet you're going for her seat. And I looked at him and I said, it's actually not her chair that I'm after. And he kind of smiled at me and walked away. But even just little banter like that, and of course, we had a chance to develop that relationship over a few years before the opportunity arrived. So it was really just me sticking it out in the mailroom for a few years, waiting for a better opportunity to come along. And like Cam mentioned, I was actually let go from that position and from that that environment right as I finished my CFP, which, you know, we kind of joked a little bit, I would have been the most qualified receptionist there. I was actually doing a little bit more than that at that point in time. But um, opportunity comes when you really don't necessarily see it as an opportunity. Well, yeah, exactly. That was kind of a roller coaster day we all had, but it set us up for where we are right now. Yeah. And like these things usually do, it came out of nowhere where suddenly here I am and I'm fired. I'm taking my box out to my car. And then the uh, the fellow that hired me was actually in a meeting in the boardroom looking out his window, which had him looking directly at my car. So he saw me say goodbye to my friends, load up my trunk. And by the time I drove to the front door, there he was saying, hey, can I catch a ride? I dropped my car off at the dealership. Wasn't sure how I was going to get it. So I uh, I gave him a ride and we actually detoured to um, the Sheridan that was just on the way. He said, can I buy you a coffee first? And we had a conversation that would ultimately change my life and Cam's life and both of our careers forever. Yeah, that was uh, a little crazy how all that worked out. But what was it like kind of going from the MGA environment to the Braun environment? Because this is a real, it was a lot of change going on at the same time too. You got into Braun. We moved from Abbotsford to Surrey. I transitioned to a couple of different depots at my office and finally got settled in in Langley. So it was a lot happening all at once for us personally, but for you with work-wise, what was this transition like and what was it like those first few years at Braun? Yeah. So the first few years, I mean, I really knew the job already because of what I had done at the MGA. But what I got out of the experience that I was really hoping to get was I had always hoped to one day become an advisor. And in my mind, the certified financial planner designation was kind of like the golden ticket where I knew that one way or another, this was going to happen. It was just finding that right opportunity or, you know, I even, I know people that have gone out independently as well, not necessarily with another firm. But for me, this was a really good fit. So Braun Financial had already been up and running since 1977. It had a great client list that I started to get to know over time. And I think the real 
advantage for me there was being able to sit in the room with experienced advisors for a few years to really understand how the planning worked, how the process worked, how the service levels, what they should look like, and how to service the clients in a way that made everybody happy and kept the clients and hopefully encourage some of the client's family, like their kids, to see what we're all about as well. But I will say it wasn't just this, this great upward trajectory. It was also a lot of uncertainty because even though I'd had this wonderful conversation with my boss, then there was radio silence for about five years where I was going in every day, learning the job, doing the grind, meeting with clients, learning how to run a practice. But at the same time, there was no word about what my future would be there, if they were considering someone else, if I should move on and take what I'd learned and take my talents elsewhere, or if this would eventually turn into something that would work for everyone. And fortunately for me, it worked out. But um, like I said, it, it wasn't this very clear and obvious path. There was a good amount of uncertainty through that whole process. Yeah, it was just, for a long time, it was just a job. It was a job you enjoyed, but it was that, at the back of our minds, we were seeing the, the two owners getting older and older and no clear path of succession going on. But at the same time, we were just trying to just get the work done right every single day. And then fast forward a few years, the conversation, well, it doesn't change. It actually just starts what's going to happen next, right? That's right. Yeah. So after I had been with them for about five years, we had the conversation of, we want to retire. So I had two, there were two partners at the time. They said, we want to retire at this age. We want to retire together. And we've watched you work over the last five years and we're comfortable that you're the person that can do this. So from that point on, we began a process where I slowly bought into the company. And um, eventually when they did retire a few years ago, it was back in 2018, I was ready to essentially take it over. But there's actually a good amount of crossover here between our personal story and the choices that we made in our own finances and our ability to be ready to take this opportunity. Because even though I was the identified successor, it still cost an awful lot of real money to be able to get into that business opportunity. And again, if I didn't have the money, if I didn't have the ability to get that access to that money, then who knows, the opportunity might have gone to someone else. So why don't we circle back a little bit and talk about our personal journey all the way through that? Yeah, no, that's that sounds great because those personal choices we made made it possible so we could buy into Braun at that time so we can have it today. It was a lot of diligence and upholding of budgets and fiscal responsibility, all the things that a lot of our friends just kind of goffed at, but it actually made it possible so that when an opportunity did come its way, like it did, we were actually capable of running with it. And it didn't go to someone else. But I will say from the very beginning, I have been a big proponent of the budget. And that's something that you'll probably hear me talk about over and over because I believe that it's absolutely fundamental. Your success, it really comes from day-to-day -day decisions. It comes from 
the choices that you've made, the bigger picture items like where you live, what the cost is of the place that you live in, and how much money you can save. And that was certainly true for us. Well, yeah. So we had all those early years in Winnipeg trying to be as frugal and smart as possible. Then we did that the big move west and we spent that first year in Abbotsford just renting a place just trying to get our feet on the ground like we mentioned Christine got in at that new MGA out here I got I finally got established after a year and a bit of bouncing between different depots at my job but then after the first year we were able to find a place and we used everything we learned those previous years to get into that place that we own out right now and we were able to use the equity we built up by paying off our mortgage the way we did because I was working second job writing for Seek and Alpha. Christine was being diligent with the brawn. We were scripting and saving everything we could with a very strict budget with our little fund money account off to the side we've mentioned before. I'll probably mention again, but it was that day-to-day diligence of not having a cup of coffee, not eating out as much and some things that probably some people would be feeling too extreme or restrictive, but at that point in time, it's what was necessary to sort of set the table for us. Yeah. So one thing that I think is really helpful to understand when you listen to us, and I tell my clients all the time that I have a huge bias uh, that is around debt and debt freedom, just because it's something that has made a huge difference for us personally. So for people that think differently, of course, take it with a grain of salt, but just understand that that's part of the filter that we're looking through. So because we were budgeting to the dollar, I mean, the pros of that were we were really, really good at finding ways to live within our means. So at that point in time, we were both making, I think it was pretty close to about $40,000 a year each. And we were living off of essentially one salary and the remainder of the other salary after taxes and things like that was what we were able to use to pay off debt, to accelerate our goals. And we were in hindsight, maybe a bit too frugal or maybe more frugal than some people would be comfortable with. But there was really no other option for us at that point in time. It was, we viewed it as this is how we get ahead or we can kind of just tread water and see where we end up in 20 years. Um, But one of the big motivating factors for us was Cam has always had physical labor jobs before And he was wanting to go back to school to further his education. And in order to do that, we felt like if we got our mortgage paid off, then he could easily go back to school and we would just continue to live off the same one income that we were living off of previously. So that's essentially what we did. Well, in many ways, being frugal and getting the house paid off as fast as we could did pay off because 2015, I got a concussion at work. Well, it brought me to the place where I couldn't do the job anymore. So I lost my workers' comp benefits and everything else. And I kind of took that time to kind of reevaluate where I'm going, what I wanted to do. So then I went through this, well, this five-year process where I got my bachelor's degree. I got a master's degree. I authored two books, trying to set myself up for a new career. I was under the impression there was a job waiting for me at one place. And then when I finished my master's degree, I found out a few weeks later that there was no job. Thanks COVID and everything else. So then I had to transition. And then that's when I got my life insurance license. And that's when I officially started working at Braun. 
after some time of doing like graphic design and tech stuff behind the scenes, I'm now at the company full time. And while at the same time trying to figure out what to do with all those degrees I just got and try and get back on the horse, so to speak, with the writing books. I, I got about half a dozen outlines and thoughts I want to get on paper. But for now, it's helping Braun grow and working on stuff like this because Braun, I do admin, customer service, all pretty much anything to do with technology, editing and producing the podcast, mastering the database and the web page. It's just, I've come to this place now where I'm not where I thought it was going to be, but it's helping us personally. It's helping our clients with a lot of the overhauls we've been able to do internally. But this all comes back to how disciplined we were so we could actually have the equity in the house to buy Braun to help me go through school and just to accelerate things. Like now I bought my, my bachelor's paid for, my master's is be done by the end of the year in terms of cost wise. But now we are just trying to kind of take Braun to its next level with being able to help more people and to do it the right way. So through everything and through all the transitions, I know I've said it before, but having that budget was really the backbone of what allowed us to kind of get through everything that life ended up throwing our way. Like Cam said, when he ended up needing to leave his job and go back to school full time, that's something that could have absolutely financially devastated our household if we hadn't have done the work that we had previously where we were able to live off of one income we were used to living off of one income and we were able to get through that period of time but I mean I've also used it as kind of a reality check for ourselves and something that we talk to other people about now where Cam had a group a long-term disability plan at work that, of course, didn't pay out under his particular circumstances. So we always tell people now to definitely consider personal insurance because it's always going to be a better coverage than what you can get through your employer. Now, I understand that a lot of the things that we were able to do, geez, they feel a little less realistic these days with where housing prices are and things like that. Our focus had always been to make sure that the big decisions that we made fit within our budget and not just fit, but also allowed us some additional cash flow so that we could do the things that were important to us. And in our case, that was paying down the debt and things like that. But I will also say that as we've gone through life and as we've had more experience with life, a lot of the things that were important to us before and a lot of the things that we wanted have changed quite significantly. Uh, kids is a big thing. So we originally did not want to have children. And that's something that I had thought from my early 20s on that that would be a absolute definite. So we made a bunch of decisions in that that way. And then I got a dog. And then Cam got a dog. So right about when he had left the post office, I was off at work. He was at home grinding through school and also recovering. Yeah, I well, I did both my degrees remotely. So I was full-time student, quote unquote, but I was full-time student at home the entire time, which is also why I was able to do my bachelor's in 16 months. But still, sitting home alone all day, it kind of wears on you after a while. So that's why I ended up getting the dog. And she was absolutely a life-changing decision for us. I think having another warm body in the house is what kind of prompted 
us looking at our lives a little bit differently and saying that, okay, hey, well, what if we did have kids? What would that look like? But um, then, of course, all of the decisions that we'd made prior to that were based on the life that we had planned previously. So things don't always work out exactly the same way you think they will, but that's okay. I mean, I think we maybe would have made different decisions around housing, maybe about where we're living, things like that. And now with the housing affordability crisis, of course, everybody's kind of in a holding pattern until things normalize a little bit. So from that point of view, did we make the right decision? I don't know. But all I can say is we made a decision that was right for us at the time. And I think that regardless of the outcome, if the logic that you use to make that decision, if the reasoning based on everything that you knew at the time is what made sense, that's really the best that you can hope for. That's the best that you can ask of yourself because circumstances will change, priorities will change. And that's another thing too. For me, after we did have um, our son, my priorities changed completely. So I still want the same things. I still want to have a successful career. But now the reason that I'm doing these things is because I want my my child to have a great future and maybe to not have to go through some of the struggles and sacrifices that we went through to make it all come together. Oh, well, yeah. And some decisions are good. Some decisions are bad. You can't always control the outcome of your decision. But the one thing you can control is the habits you build along the way to try and help you the best you can, whether it's a good decision or a bad one. Like I said, what you do day to day is going to help you. If things don't go right, you make the wrong decision or you make a good decision. But if you don't have those right habits, it could just peter out eventually. Yeah. So some of the things that I think that we did right were from the very beginning, we combined our finances right from the start. And when you have one big pot of money, it's really, really helpful to see excess money when you're just putting your own paycheck into your own account. And I mean, I know some people, of course, are single. They're not in relationships or not in relationships that lead to this level of wanting to commingle things. But if it is a possibility for you in your relationship, it really does show you how much is available that can be used as excess if you both agree. Yeah, getting on the same page is a huge hurdle to get over, but it has a lot of dividends later on in life. When you're working together for the same goal, it makes it a lot easier to attain. And for a lot of people, the simplest thing of just having that one checking account, savings account, that one access point where you look at this as a partnership, it's not my money, it's not your money, it's the family's money. So it forces you to really think through and work through all these things. You can achieve the things that the both of you want. At the same time, we also found that having some discretionary spending was incredibly important. That's what we call fun money. And I found when um, maybe we weren't making it available to Cam, he would just pull out the old credit card and put some uh, things that he wanted on there, where if we each had a certain amount that was allocated to us, it was already budgeted. So there weren't any surprises when we were checking the credit card statement. Well, there are surprises, just not in the what it costs territory. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, More along the lines of how did that get in the house kind of thing. But the money was set aside in its own little thing, so it didn't hurt the overall budget. 
And in terms of things we've learned, I would say that like our goals have changed so much. Our priorities have changed so much over the years. If you'd have asked me at my 20s that this is what going into my 40s would look like, I would have absolutely not believed you. So I think having some flexibility for your goals is going to be so important later on. Because even when you achieve a goal, maybe that importance of that goal is going to be different to you if you've changed or if you've grown or if you've wanted different things just because of the experiences that you had. And I would also say that don't underestimate life's ability to throw you curveballs. I think at the beginning, we were under the impression that if we did all the right things and worked really hard, there was some magic that was going to happen and it was all going to turn out just right. But I think that the day-to-day reality of that has been that there have been setbacks. There have been times where we really didn't have as much money as we wanted to. There have been times where we felt like we weren't moving ahead, even if we were. Sometimes you just feel stuck and you just kind of have to grind it out for a while and see where it goes or if you have to make a decision to kind of change the path that you're on. But I think ultimately, like I said, for us, it was just trying to be organized with our finances, trying to stay on the same page and trying to just do the best that we could to get ahead. And I would say, too, one of the things that I regret that um, looking back on when we were especially in our 20s, and that's a time where people look back and they reminisce about all the fun and the experiences that they've had. I mean, my evenings and weekends for years were usually spent studying for the next program or designation that I was working towards. And from a money point of view, we were very, very frugal. So we had missed out on a lot of experiences in terms of maybe going out for that fancy dinner or going on another vacation. And I think that as you get a little bit older, you really can't put a price tag on those experiences. If they're gone, they're gone. If you didn't have them, then the time has gone by and, you know, you don't know what the future is going to look like or how much time you'll have left or how much health you'll have left. So I think there has to be a balance and maybe more of a balance than what we had, where it's not all about running towards these goals, feeling like you're invincible, but it's also understanding and acknowledging that if you don't enjoy it along the way, if you don't enjoy the journey, what was the point? Yeah, balance is a big part of it, especially in the long run, because you're going to have different seasons where you're going to be more experience focused. You're going to be more savings focused, chasing this goal, chasing that goal. But is learning how to kind of take a step back from all that to see if what you're doing is working, if it's enjoyable, if you're wanting to have these experiences. Like for so many years, our only vacation was just checking in with family in Winnipeg after you moved out here. You only make that drive to the prairies so many times in a row where you want to do something more with your free time. But again, that comes down to trying to do things right and doing it the right way and having a bit of that balance, having that idea to budget properly and not just to constantly just throw money away in wasteful things. Cause I've got, I know too many people where they just throw all their money away a day or two from when the paycheck comes in, they've never progressed in life. They haven't had any experiences because there's just no discipline there. So the discipline can be the harder part, but 
the hope is that it'll pay off later on so you can have a bit more enjoyment, you can have a bit more security, you can actually have a retirement. And it just comes down to a lot of these day-to-day choices. And yeah, we've gone extreme in some parts of our life, but we're trying to make the best of it now where we do have a little bit more flexibility, hopefully once all the restrictions and everything go back to normal. But even with that, our priorities changed. We got the kids, we've got the dog, we've got the company. But at the same time, we're tr- trying to be happy about all this and actually enjoy things a lot more as opposed to the endless grind. Like I said, I had that five-year season where it was like 10, 14 hours a day, every single day, seven days a week to try and push through to reach this goal. And then for my case, there wasn't that nice guy in the parking lot offering me a job. It was a complete life change where I'm in a different career and a different path now, but I'm still using all those things I learned to try and make things better and to make things thrive and succeed, not just for us personally, but us in our business sense as well. Yeah. And I think my big takeaway for myself and hopefully that this can help you too is in terms of those experiences that we need to enjoy life along the way, I think that for me, it's just having that understanding that maybe if I allocate a little bit more of my money towards these things that I want, so towards these things or these experiences, I can still look at how long it'll take me to achieve my goals once I've made that adjustment in my budget, again, with the budgeting. But what if it'll just take me an extra year or so to get to the same destination, but I've enjoyed the journey that much more? Maybe that's more of a happy solution than just trying to cover your eyes and get through the time because really what is time but our life it's our whole life that's kind of passing by well yeah time is a funny thing well pretty much exactly a year ago from today i was presenting my master's thesis which a plus but now here i am doing a podcast on financial planning so you don't always know where you're gonna end up sometimes so to anyone working their own way through this what would we kind of say just as as parting comments? I think it would be try and get to the best of your understanding today the big things that'll really move the needle for you in the future, at least moving in the right deci- direction and with the understanding that even if you put a lot of time and energy towards a goal, if that goal doesn't end up being the right goal for you down the road, that's totally okay because we've changed you've changed too. That's just what life does for us. If you're in a partnered relationship, combining your finances from the start really helps and making decisions that give you enough cash flow to actually achieve your goals in a timely manner is probably the most important thing that you can do for yourself because otherwise it's just this repetitive feeling of treading water, never really knowing if you're going to be going somewhere or if you're just going to be essentially staying in the same spot, letting time pass you by. But I will say, if I could do it all over again, I would focus a little bit more on the experiences. So allow for that in your budget. Don't make it so much about the goals that you've missed out on living. And at the end of the day, just enjoy the people that you do this with, because it really is a journey and you don't know where it's going to take you. But um I hope that helps you understand a little bit more about who we are and how we frame our decisions and our our conversations that we'll be having with you in future podcasts. 
And until then, we wish you well, take care, and all the best.